Season 3, Episode 5. Power Pitches, we're back. We've got the full squad this time. We've got myself, Ed, Vic and Spencer. So hopefully we're in for a good week. Uh, we had international break last week, so this week we've got a lot to talk about. Obviously, not, obviously not that much to talk about, but we had international break and then the previous game week just finished. And then got transfer talk. So there's a lot to talk about today. Yeah, man. There's a lot. But yeah. I think transfer talk could get interesting. I think I've got some I think I've got some outside the box shouts that are actually good as well. So we'll we'll get to that when we get to that. And we're gonna have three very unhappy fans this week and one with that continuous smiley face in his face. Smile on his face he's had for about ten years now. Lucky bash, dude. Um, it's incredible. And should we just go flying straight in? First game I got written down is Wolves Liverpool. Obviously, Liverpool coming away with a 3-1, winning that game. Um, obviously, it's another win for Liverpool. I think they're unbeaten in the last like 16 in the Prem now. I think it's like 11 wins and five draws, so they're looking pretty good. But defence is still shaky, mate. We've been saying how much Wolves struggled to score all season. Admittedly, Neto was looking good in that game. Um, Wang Hee Chan as well, obviously, gets a goal and was looking better. But, yeah. Liverpool, I think this season, Spencer, you said it, didn't you? I think first week you were on, I think we've all said it, is that it's just going to be outscoring how many defence can see, isn't it, all year? Is the only way Liverpool get forward this year? I mean, it's not going to look hard for them, is it? No. No, like you like you said, we did say first week it's going to be who can score more for them. But just I was just surprised. I was just surprised at just how slow they started. I know that I know that old Jurgen's been moaning before the game about Liverpool having to play at half twelve because of because of course Liverpool their own team have to play at half twelve and their own team have to lose at half twelve, didn't they? So why he's why he's moaning why he's moaning I don't know. It's got to be someone every week. So. So it's got so it's it just it was just him it's just him this week and just but I was just surprised just just how slow they started and that and, and that Wolves were actually able to take the lead after how poorly they've started this season but yeah but yeah like I say Wolves took the lead through through old Hwangi Chan and then and then, and then, and then it did it did look for a while like Wolves like Wolves might have got a decent result but then but then that second half Liverpool Liverpool just came out and just and and, and just did and just did what, what they had to do to, to to get the win they just and they they scored it they scored their goals Mo Salah getting getting another assist just proving how lucky Liverpool are to keep hold of him. Because if, if, if they'd have got rid of him, I would have, I would have worried. Even if, they, even if they did have their half a billion pound, however much it would have cost. But but yeah, but yeah, these decent performance by Liverpool. Nothing, nothing too amazing, I think. But they but but they got the win, which is what they needed. So happy day, happy days for them. And hopefully Jurgen can can stop moaning about the old half twelve kickoffs. He'll never stop moaning. You know that it's yeah, Jurgen Klopp. <laughs> Well, no, the the midf- like, their midfield was getting like overrun so easy, weren't it? McAllister losing the ball. Um, Sabozlai, yeah, he was a CDM, wasn't he? Yeah. They'd left the Endo out and playing Sabozlai at CDM, and I'm just thinking, I don't yeah. know. I thought the whole point of bringing Endo in was so that he, that McAllister could play more of an attacking role with Sabozlai. Yeah. Asking too much on McAllister defensively, and then first half, I mean, he should have been. Like, Wolves could have had two, three, and then it was only until like the second half when Liverpool started to really click and actually show up. And then as soon as they started playing a bit of football, then that was it. So, yeah. One of those games, really, where I think once Liverpool got a, got a foothold into it, then it was only going to be a Liverpool win. Yeah, well, whilst we're going through these games, what I'm going to do 
is instead of going through it at the end like we did last week, I'm just going to read through our predictions as we're talking about the games. And you know what? We're all pretty spot on this week. We all co- like all collectively agreed at 3-0 Liverpool. So 3-1, because we all you know what we're like about Wolves not being able to score. We was like, there's no way they're going to score and they go and score the first goal. So it was, it's a bit un, unexpected. But yeah, we, we were pretty spot on there 3-0. Yeah, I think the interesting thing as well, when you look at that defence, two players that stood out for me as Paul. Um, Joe Gomez playing at right back because Trent's injured. And Joel Matip, mate. Um, Joe Gomez, obviously, at one point, all Liverpool fans saying he was going to be like England's main centre-back and that, and he was going to be the big dog. He was playing next to Van Dijk and he was going to be unreal. I don't know what I don't know what's happened to him. I don't know if it was that game against Real Madrid where Vinicius Junior just done him all game, but he's he just... Joe Gomez has fallen off a cliff where he plays centre-back or right-back. He doesn't look up to it at all. Um, and Matip, I think, he's obviously ageing a bit anyway. He must be a decent amount into his 30s now. And he's been so injury-prone. Like, it, it seems harsh to criticise him when they've obviously won 3-1. But to even concede a goal to Wolves is kind of telling... Like like we said, without taking the piss too much out of Wolves, their attack is not great. They are not good at putting the, goal, the ball in the back of the net. And yeah, oh, I just think if Canate, Van Dijk, Trent and Robertson don't play for like 90% of the season, like any game where those four players are back line, Liverpool have a good chance to win the game. The second Van Dijk drops out of that, even though Trent's not great defensively, his attacking output is so important. You know, as soon as you lose from them players, it does drop off a bit. And especially if it gets to the end of the season, if Liverpool want to go on to win trophies, uh, that obviously later in the season is when you're more likely to see more a longer lasting injuries as well. I think if you get to that point and that yeah they lose a couple of those back players again. So I don't know what's happening with Trent to be fair. I don't know how long he's out for. Um but I think that actually could be really quite bad for Liverpool because yeah a shaky defence against a team that are so bad in the attack like Wolves is not what you want to see. Well I didn't even realise how bad the defence was when Van Dyke drops out. Because like obviously we know how good Van Dyke is. Like for the past what five seasons, six seasons maybe, he's been that guy. But who's this Kwanzaa guy? I've never, I've never heard of him. He's was he, was decent. he decent? Honestly, um, I've a, never heard of him. He's like, he's like a kid, isn't he? You need like eighteen, nineteen, something like that. And he's, he was, yeah, yeah. There was like one of his, one of, one of his, first, one of his first games for him, and he, he just didn't. But he, he needed that Van Dyke alongside him for that first game. That, that leader, that, that leader, that one with the experience who's going to say, all right, this is how we do it." Whereas, but obviously, obviously, with him out, with him out, they've got, they've got no one there to, to lead a young kid through, through a game like that, which is, which is unfortunate for him. And it, and it, and 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 just, and just the whole manner of Wolves' goal was, was just really worrying. How, how Wolves got him on the counter, I think. It was and and Hwangi Chan just, just just got just got in just got in really really close to the keeper where you wouldn't expect where you wouldn't expect that against a team against a team like Liverpool for someone someone like Wolves and so and and, and so so yeah yeah it was just worrying and against better teams with better attacks they Liverpool are Liverpool are going are going to be are going to be worried I think yeah I think um, the the last thing I've literally got written down basically covered all the things I've written down after the game. Um, was just how good Salah looked again. Like, mm. didn't get a goal, but that assist was really nice. Um, I think one of the goals was one of the goals an own goal as well. I think he would have had the assist on that one, or there was like a really close one again that was another pass away. Yeah, something like that. 
just think that front line, Liverpool, like I've seen a lot of people saying it, and it's a fair point that they have actually probably got, on depth alone, they've actually probably got like the best attacking out uh, like front line because really they've got six attacking players for those three positions, didn't they? Between Salah, Nunes, Gakpo, Jota, Diaz. Diaz. And I feel like I'm missing someone as well. Um, I mean, you can chuck Curtis Jones out there. You can chuck Harvey Elliott out Elliot. there. Yeah. Harvey yeah, Elliott, yeah. He's, he's someone decent. else as well that I'm missing. But anyway, they, they've got they've got good attacking players. And, and actually, all of their players as well can kind of play in any of the positions up top yeah. as well. So I think the thing. we've we've said it before, and it's not it's not a groundbreaking uh, bit of analysis to say that Liverpool this season, yeah, I think we'll just be relying on their attacking players just scoring lots of goals. Oh, actually, another person we want to talk about is Sabah's like again, mate, looking good. He's actually looking oh. pretty decent when they're yeah. saying their midfield's getting overrun, which is true. But Sabah's like getting involved in the attack as well is like. He seems very dangerous, mate. He, I think he should have scored early on in that game as well. He had a, I think he had a good shot blocked or saved by the keeper. Um, and he scares me a little bit. He does scare me a little bit. Yeah, it's a weird one because like we we knew how like big of a talent he was, but bringing into Liverpool and playing deeper roles, you think he can't really do much, but he actually is. He actually is still playing like he normally is. So it's fair enough to him. Like you just got to give him his flowers there. But the next game to move on to, I've got written down anyway, is Villa Palace. Um, oh, you've got kind of, me. Yeah, kind of like, kind of gone for the boring ones first, you know what I mean? Villa <laughs> Palace, I mean, we kind of expected this, I think, because we all, we've been singing the praises of Villa since game week one. And we knew that, mm. you know, they're going to play a certain way. They have these big players now. And yeah, three one to Villa. But give to them eighty eight eighty seventh minute equaliser, the ninety eight nine and hundred and one minute. Like what yeah, is this? One, these, these, these football timers are so mad now. It's like the extra time you get is so much more than you normally would. It's this allowing for this sort of stuff to happen, it's madness. I did feel a bit bad for Palace to be fair, because we we've been saying didn't they lose I think they lost to Arsenal one 0 didn't they? And they got a draw against someone decent as well. They've had some good games. They've been quite yeah, hard to got beat. Got a draw against Brentford, to be fair, which is yeah, that was the one. And you and I was saying that like, let's be real. None of us are expecting Palace to tear up and jump in the top half of the table. But you think they're going to pretty solid chance of staying up. And they have been a hard team to beat. And it must have been tough being a Palace fan. Yeah, 85th minute, you're one 0 up, looking good. And then yeah, three goals conceded after that point in time. Like, just have to feel a little bit bad for them, even though. Villa probably deserved it. Villa are a very good team. We've again another thing we've sung praise about is that front line of Bailey, Watkins, and Diaby. I think Diaby got. I think Watkins scored a goal. I think Diaby got an assist, and but Diaby got an assist for Bailey that last goal in, in the end of the game as well. Um, Villa are a good team, mate. Since I think since that shock, that terrible result, didn't they against um, Newcastle on the first day? I don't think they've lost a game since then. I'll give that a check. I think they're on uh, four wins beyond that. Yeah, oh no, they've had t- they have had another loss as well. Yeah, they've had two losses in three wins so far. It's ah, pretty yeah. good. That's just that's still decent. Good. Yeah, yeah, man. It's better than is, what I was that putting in. That's got to give credit. Yeah, you got to give just, credit to just below the top teams, but just they're not just they're not right at that top four, top five level yet. But yeah. they are right on the cusp of it. You know? they are playing really good stuff at the moment. 
Yeah, ever since Emery came in, really, since last season when Gerard went, and that's it. He's coached them so well, defence, midfield, attack. Um, as a whole outfit, they do, they do get the performances and the results. So I'm giving the credit to Emery. I mean, fair enough, he's got he's brought in good players, but you've got to attract them in the first place. And, I mean, he's done a very good job. He's done a very, very good job, in fact. Um, don't think many people... I think it's gone quite under the radar, to be honest, how well he's done since he's come in. Because it quite, it's not even just like one-off here and there. It's consistent performances and results. So you've got to get credit to him, really. And the players. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. And uh, and, uh, and 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 also when when they're on form, they're 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 fun to watch as well. They're not they're, they're not just winning games. They're good. They're good to they're good to watch as well. And he, and like you say, he, he has done a really good job. And I think it has almost benefited him how like you say it has been like under the under the radar. How there's been like bigger stories ever since ever since he took over. He's been he's just been able to, to do his thing quietly. He's not he's, he's not gone out and bought like big big world superstars. But he has but he's brought in the players that he knows works for him and who knows suit his style and suit what suit what he does and and yeah and yeah like you say like I say they're not they're not top four top five they're not they're not gonna get champions league but but another but another couple of years keep emery in keep building out how they are and they could and they they could just they could sneak in there they could get they, they they could get in there. It's not out of the realms of possibility with how some of the other big teams have been have been failing and struggling so far this season at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the reactions that we had, uh, not the reactions, sorry, the predictions we had for last week, the closest person was actually Vic, the one with no bar knowledge. I couldn't believe it. (laughs) 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 So I predicted 2-0 Villa, obviously 3-1. Ed predicted 1-0 Villa and Vic predicted 2-1 Villa. So give give it to Vic there. (laughs) Give it to Vic. Fair play. Well, only only yeah, just fair, I did. I did think Palace wouldn't. Um, I didn't think Palace would concede so many goals, and obviously, yeah, it was almost almost not a bad one. But then just that last ten minutes, they crumbled. Um, fair play to Oz and Edward as well. To be fair, we were talking about him when we, I think, in the first week, Benji. I think we were saying that we weren't sure if he was going to be um good enough to like replacing Zaha and Zaha's goal output for Palace, but. I think he's on two or three now so far, to be fair, for the first five games. It's not bad, is it? Like, I think with Eze and Elise, you know, they've got a few quality players, Palace. I I still think they're an all right team. I mean, I'm not looking forward to going to Salas Park. It's always kind of boring games. They're a little bit like Wolves. I, they might be a bit better on the attack than Wolves, but they're quite, they're quite similar where they're just tough to play against, but not always necessarily the best in front of goal. Sometimes lack a little bit. Um, but yeah, for Villa... What more can we say? I think we big them up every week, and it will be interesting to see how they do this season. And like you said, you know, on their day they are a really good team. So it'll be interesting to see how they do in the FA Cup and the and the EFL as well. Because you know, who not Emery might be going, look, we're not going to win the Premier League. Let's let's just try and have a big cup run in one of these English clubs. I think they're in they're over in the Europa League or the Conference. I think they're in Europa League, aren't they? Uh, I think it's Conference. Yeah. For yeah, conference. Yeah, con- yeah. I think they could win the conference league. I would not oh, surprise me at all to win the conference league. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Really. I mean, I can't really think of anyone else big in there. Um, there'll be some couple others, but certainly fancy yeah, chances and... anyways with how Villa look. Yeah, yeah there'll be, be yeah there'll be some teams that will drop down from from the old Europa League, but Villa, but yeah. Villa are, are definitely one of the stronger teams in in that competition. 
Yeah, so move on to the next game I've got here. Uh, Fulham Luton. Again. This would be, this would be the quickest section of this whole show, I think. <laughs> this was this was a game. Not interested. Not going to affect my team personally. Uh, FPL wise, not going to affect my team. So <laughs> this is one of those games where you just you like oh the when you see the result you're like oh fair enough. But one nil to Fulham. Vinicius goal. It's, it's expected. Uh, expected by me and Ed perfectly. One nil. We said last week. Nice. Vic yes. said two nil. So you know, stinker. But yeah, uh, one nil. Take that. Spot on one is always. That's always <laughs> exactly. satisfying. We love that. Exactly. But mate, but yeah, not much to say what? about that. Mate, Fulham, like not convincing again. Like I think the only reason Fulham stay up is because there's at least four other teams worse than them in this league, but they are looking very poor as well. Um, Luton, I actually feel a bit bad for mate. They had some good chances as well. They just they just don't have the quality, mate. They really don't have the quality. They needed to sign, like they should have put all the money they got from going up just on a striker, just on like a big mm. lump of a striker like Michu used to do and like yeah. Bonnie as well, mate, for Swansea. Do you know what I mean? We just had that big striker who at least when you get the ball in the box, whether it's set piece or counter-attack or anything, they could just put it in the net and just get you a few points throughout the season. Luton needed that. They, I saw at least two or three chances where I thought, fucking hell, like, bury one of them and your team's absolutely buzzing. Get yourself off the mark, get a point and give yourself a chance staying up. But at this moment in time, mate, Luton, I think, are on to actually get the record for what least amount of points. Well, I was, like, I was... So I was, off the pace. <laughs> I was literally thinking this. If you can't get points off Fulham and, like, as you were saying... They weren't convincing, but it's Fulham. They should be convincing against a team like Fulham. Like, they shouldn't be struggling, but, you know, there's teams in the Premier League that have been here for years on years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. They haven't got a chance against them. They might have a chance against Chelsea, but genuinely, that's it. (laughs) Nil-nil draw, (laughs) guys. Nil-nil draw, written all over it. (laughs) (laughs) No, but they they don't stand a chance this season. I I, I do feel bad. I I hear where you're coming from, because... Luton Town, like they had this magical run back in the Premier League. They've got stadium in someone's back garden, but they haven't got no signings at all. They haven't made no good signings, like you said. They need to sign one of them people, but they won't. Like January comes round, if they don't make a signing that can save them twenty points, they haven't got a chance. I think, we're, I think we're January's too late though. By yeah, January, literally, that's what I was thinking. Like, at least eighteen, like twenty. I know nowadays it's so tough because you always end up missing games for any yeah. old reason nowadays but like by that point I think it'd be way too late for them they needed to get someone in and you know what actually I've just read my notes properly mate the Fulham goal was lucky as fuck mate it was so lucky they they put the ball in and the keeper gets to it well but he like where he comes down it traps like under his hand and it just like bounces just in front of him like if it had just gone a bit further away the Fulham player wouldn't even get it in and it'd been a nil-nil draw like it was actually a bit lucky. That's why it's even more like, Jesus, Fulham are struggling. If they have to get a bit of a scrappy goal to beat Luton at, at Fulham as well, do you know what I mean? It's not a good start for the season for Fulham at all. Yeah, I think last season, Fulham of last season, they would put four, three or four past Luton. But I don't know what it is because yeah. they've still got Paulini, they've still got William, Harry Wilson, Mitrovic. Vinicius. Yeah, they've lost him, haven't they? So... Yeah, yeah that's but just even, a big difference. even still though, like yeah, you still should still half decent. Like you should be. I was expecting Fulham to score 
three or four. I mean, I don't know what my prediction was yeah. for that game, but... 2-0, uh, uh, you say? 2-0, wasn't it? 2-0, yeah. I mean, it's surprising that they just scored the one, but... I don't know who they... I don't know if they signed a structure to replace Mitrovic, do they? I can't think off the top of my head. I don't think no. so. who it is. It's Raul Jimenez, isn't it? Because we, oh, yeah. we were talking oh, yeah. about yeah, him. It is. Of course it is, yeah, of course. We were talking yeah, about him a well. lot, but... I think yeah. with Willian there to give him, to give him some service as well, mate, they'd be able to get some goals in, but yeah, I'm not not feeling good for Fulham so far this season. And yeah, that game, it's a it's a boring 1-0 between two teams that you think are going to finish in the bottom six. So yeah. it's kind of exactly what you expect from that kind of game. Right, next one on the agenda. We'll go to the one, we'll go to the ones in order that I've got. And this is the one I was excited for. One that I perfectly predicted Brighton United. I perfectly predicted this. So I said 3-1 Brighton. I was in work in Trafford. And you know how many United fans were walking past steaming? I said, this is amazing. I love this. But I, can't, I couldn't show my true colours. <laughs> so Ed, Ed predicted 2-2. Uh, Vic predicted 2-1 to United. That's a proper stinker. And I predicted Ooh. 3-1 to Brighton. What, nice. a, what, what a show What a showing from, from the mighty Hove and Albion. Thoughts on this, Ed? You're the expert of United, you know, and their downfall. So let's hear. Yeah, I mean, it's just one of many of these kind of games we've seen over the last decade, mate. Like, I don't know what it is, mate, about United conceding a goal. Like, there was, it was a weird... Pa- Ollie was a terrible manager, yeah. He was not a good manager tactically or or anything, favourites in that. But weirdly, under Ollie, we used to go 1-0 down the game and just win. Do you remember? I think it was a COVID season in fairness. Remember there was that time where there was like there was so, there was like six or seven games in, this, in a patch of about 15. Where we were like 1-0 down or 2-0 down the first half. And then we'd come back oh, and win. We'd get three goals in the second half. Yeah. Now we start the opposite, mate. If we concede a goal, and especially I think I think what happened again today is similar against Arsenal, mate. When we have that goal disallowed, players just drop, mate. They they absolutely drop. Like the goal, the goal doesn't stand. It is fair. The ball has gone out of play. Um, annoying because I wanted Hoyland to get himself a goal. I think if he'd got that goal and it had counted, he'd be feeling good. You know, maybe build up some momentum, get himself some more. But actually, the most annoying thing about it not counting. Is it was the only time in the game that Rashford did anything to give Hoyland the ball, and for the rest of the game he was so greedy, mate. Oh, I love Rashford, mate. I remember, I remember this. I remember watching him come against fucking Midland his first game, getting him two goals. I was with an Arsenal fan when he played, when it was his prem debut and got two against Arsenal. I've loved him ever since. Yeah, he pissed me off on Saturday. Like, I think he had twelve shots, three on target, and at one point he's like bit of an angle to the goal. But regular on doing an overlap, he's got Hoyle in the middle and he takes a dodgy shot on his left foot. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, come come on now. You've got a striker you pay 70 million for on your right and we've got a left back in. And fair play to Regulon, actually. I did not like Regulon as a signing. I thought, oh, Christ, we are picking up the crumbs here. We are getting the, the, like, the lowest you Crap. could get. But actually, in fairness to him, he was actually decent the first half. He actually had quite good tackle uh, tackle stats, uh, good uh, chance creation as well, and good crossing accuracy. So at least like maybe he could he can do something for us for a bit until Shaw comes back. Yeah, Rashford and then Martinez, horrendous game. I think when when Varane's out, 
Shaw's out. Wan Bissaka, I don't know why he wasn't playing. I don't know why Dallow started with Wan Bissaka. Dallow was good at left back against Arsenal, but Wan Bissaka's been a bit of a monster, mate. Ever since he came back into the team after the World Cup last year, he's probably been the best he's been at United. Might probably better than he ever was at Palace. He's Not sure why Dallow started. Now, isn't he? Wan Bissaka, isn't he out of play? Oh, is he? With an injury. Oh, so there you go. There's oh, I didn't even so see it. So many injuries at United now, they're just going over my head. I'm just not even noticing them anymore. So either, either injuries or, or horrendous treatment of women just means United lose so many players a season. It's <laughs> disgraceful. Um, I had Casemiro. I, have... I saw a lot of tweets on Casemiro saying that he was giving the ball away so many times. Um, so, yeah, not just like... It was more like, you know, numerous players that were just not getting it right. But Rashford yeah. in particular, though, with the dodgy decision-making... I don't know what's going wrong with it's that. It's a weird one with that because last season Rashford was unbelievable. Yeah. For like the first half of the season, everyone, not just United fans, were saying he's he's back to how he should have been and all this. And then latter half, you kind of thought, what's happening? And now, start of this season, I don't know what's going on. It's a bit weird. It's a weird one. Yeah, it's a weird one. I did actually see a stat earlier that said I think he, I think Rashford's on four goals in his last twenty games for United. And Mad. the thing with Rashford, like, his, uh, him, he, in this way, it's kind of weird, like, Pogba, where, like, his form almost perfectly reflects the form of the team. When the team's doing well, like, Pogba used to look unreal when United were doing well. And Rashford's the same. When United are, like, in form and they've got a bit of momentum, it's always Rashford that's scoring goals and doing big things. But the second United start to stutter, he, Rashford has, at times, to be fair, been our saviour and been the only person you can actually rely on to score. But often, when Rashford's playing badly, United are playing badly. Yeah, Casemiro wasn't great. He desperately needs um, Amrabat next to him. I think Amrabat has to start as soon as he's fit. Scott McTominay should never play for Man United ever again. He is dreadful. He is dreadful. Like I don't want to. I don't want to blame the Glazers for all the problems at United every game. Anytime you have a loss, but like whenever Harry Maguire or Johnny Evans or Scott McTominay step onto the pitch for United in 2023, you should not. You know. That's that's because of the Glazers. Like, I still guitar, cannot you, believe you Johnny the gym, They'd all be gone. They'd all be Johnny Evans wouldn't been signed. Maguire would been sold. McTominay would been sold. We would have actually got in players who are of a quality enough to play the game. I think McTominay had 20 touches when every other midfielder between United and Brighton had at least 50. Like, how are you playing in the middle? How are you playing at centre mid and getting 20 touches? Like, a lot of people have been targeting Casemiro for getting run past season, which I get because he has been. But like when he's one man facing up against three midfielders, it's pretty easy to get run past because you've got to stay central and just try and cover them all. And like McTominay, McTominay's a passion merchant, yeah, but he doesn't actually do anything. It's like, not he doesn't, positional like, sense, does he? He has no positional sense. He never tracks runners because I think I think at least two of the goals we can see as well are because of midfield runners coming into the box and not being tracked. So the defence is just completely overloaded. And that's where McTominay needs to be doing something. Um, he's not good at passing. He doesn't he doesn't come to the back line and get the ball and try and move the ball around the pitch at all. Like he's dire, man. He, he's well, it's not dire. He can he can do a job in a game. He's just not United standard. Um, but I do, and after all this rant and me saying how bad United have been, I do think they did a massive overreaction to the loss as well. Like. Let's be real, Brighton are, at this point in time are a lot better team and club than United. Like, yeah. They run so much better. There's so much stuff going on around United now with Anthony, with Sancho, with Maguire. There's so much noise. 
like four, five, six first team players out injured, players that that should have been sold probably not coming with a great attitude. Like United aren't in great ways right now. I think we've got an all right run of games after Bayern, and you know if we st- if we start losing to like bad teams, I'll be annoyed. But we've lost to Tottenham, who are looking like one of the best teams in the league. Arsenal, who last season were the second best team in the league. And Brighton, who are also looking like one of the best teams in the league this season. Like, United aren't as good as them three teams are at the moment. So, I, I even Just... saw, I saw BBC Sport today, a quote, I think it's a fan reaction, like, 10 hogs out of his depth. And I'm thinking, what? This bloke got the worst Man United Prem team ever to third in a trophy last season. And now you're saying he's out of his depth when he, half his team is injured. Like how is he no, that? I can't just, like just that. I from you. Yeah. Expecting a lot more from him. I don't know. Yeah. I think with the hype around him, I, I have expected a lot more from him tactically, like just to get the result, more better results. I mean, I know yeah. I get the circumstances with like the p- players out injured and all the noise around certain players, but I still think like I, I think play, as well. How can play possession from like, football with McTominay. Well, from like an outside perspective, anyway. <laughs> from like an outside perspective. Um, you're still Manchester United. Do you know what I mean? Like the nah, the play the players you have. If you look at your your best team possible that you can play right now, obviously you got injuries and that. But Hoyland, I don't know anything about him. You have to tell me about him. But he's a striker. Do you know what I mean? He's not he's an out and out striker. Rashford, we know what he can be like. Bruno, he has KDB oh, comparisons. So you give him that. Uh, Ericsson, obviously he's a bit old, but he knows what he's doing. Casemiro, season player. Martinez, obviously he's supposed to be this guy, but he's just sat on his ass so much. But we know what he's about. Um, obviously Harry Maguire, Johnny Evans, whatever those players. But the team you have on paper should not be losing to a lot of these teams. And you were saying before, like the teams you've played against this season, you've lost, it's fair enough. But from an outsider perspective, I'm got, if I'm looking on paper, I'm seeing United-Brighton. You should be seeing United to win that. Or United Spurs should be seeing United to win that, or at least draw that. But they're they're not like when you, as soon as the game starts, you know Brighton are winning this, or Spurs are winning this. And like the Bayern game well, coming up, I have a feeling that we're gonna get smoked. The thing is, you say that at the start of the game, but actually it's not. If you just watch the first 15 minutes of the game yesterday, you go, oh, you know, I'd probably win this two 0 because United think after 15 minutes, I'd like. 65% possession. They'd already had like four shots, two on target, and Brian had like one, one shot, not even on target. Like, but then they just crumbled, kind of similar against Spurs, where they were good for like 30, 35 minutes and then just absolute poo. Like, yeah, United's right now, I think the best team United could put out, out if all the players are fit. Anana, Shaw, Martinez, Varane, Wambasaka. Casemiro, Amrabat, Rashford left, Bruno at Cam, probably Mason Mount at right wing and Hoyland up top. That's, that's a, yeah, exactly, that's a good team. Exactly. There is five of the players in that team that aren't fit. And the, the people that we have to fill in are terrible. <laughs> like our second string team is either too old, too young, or not good enough. Like we don't have what teams like City or Liverpool have where you can bring on a couple of players who are shit hot. Like Palestria, I'm interested in. Garnacho can be good on his day, but, you know, he's 19, 18, 19. Like, you yeah, know, they he's can, not a starter. Players yeah. that age can be bad as well. Like, 
and that's it. Yeah, and, and yeah, and that's that's the thing I was going to say. But Brighton, Brighton made what was it, five or six changes from from their last game. So that wasn't even their first full strength yeah. team. And 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 so so that so that that's the thing that's that, that's the thing that's worrying for you, but pleasing for Brighton that they they can go away to Old Trafford and make make those big changes and still get a result. But but I do think but I, I do think if 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 Man U get all their players fit at the same time you will you will still be you will still be be okay you will still be a decent team to play like the, you you will still you will still get a decent finish but it just all depends if you can get them all fit at a, at the same time mm. and whatever. Yeah, big time. I agree. Um, but you know, I, I, was know watching, I was watching the um, Guy Sports Soccer Saturday show. Uh, and they had that, some guests on that, like Tim Sherwood, Paul Merson, etc. And one of them said, like, um, McTominay and Maguire should be starting and they were defending them too. And I was like, how can you defend yeah. them? Yeah. Mm. Mate, that's, that's, no. British, that's British bias to an unbelievable yeah. level, man. Oh, like, all this all this rubbish about Harry Maguire being abused. Shut up. He doesn't even get yeah, involved anymore by United fans. He's a he bad player. Just... He, never, he never plays United. And United fans have got to the point now Remember, you remember when Arsenal used to be really, they were well bad after Wenger left. And you couldn't even wind up Arsenal fans anymore because they're like, like <laughs> I've hit the level, mate. Like, it doesn't get any worse. Like, now you can wind up an Arsenal fan because they're good again. Like, Maguire's a bit like that for United fans. United fans see him come on and just groan and go, oh, here we go. But, like, they don't actually do it. The only reason that anyone even talks on Maguire is because the English press never stop asking questions about him or saying he should be starting, saying he should be captain. And Gareth Southgate plays in when he's never playing it's for United and then he plays badly because he's so rusty because he's not playing off he's not playing often and then he's back in the news again and coming out going oh his treatment's so horrific and that that doesn't make people start going oh oh precious oh. Harry let's not be mean to him it makes people who don't like him go shut up we're calling him shit because he's been shit for a long time mm. like since since when are you not allowed to criticise footballers and where was this mm. where was this protection for Ronaldo last year Ronaldo was getting harassed by the public, the media, like every game. They were constantly talking about him being a problem. Every single day you see someone cussing out Ronaldo and there was no, none of these people going, oh, you shouldn't be so mean to him. Always oh, treating him so bad. He didn't have his mum coming out with statements going, oh, I don't know why he gets treated so badly. Like, what? why is Maguire doing it? Like, I, I just don't get it, man. It just makes you so annoyed. You know, I need to focus on their football so desperately. We see it on the pitch. You know, I need to focus on football. Every few days we've got Anthony potentially smacking up his misses. We've got Sancho calling the manager a liar. We've got Maguire having the tears cry me a river. Like, can we can we not just be a football club? Like, I beg you. I'm, I don't want to talk about any of that shit. I just want to talk about on the pitch. It's mad. Uh, it's weird because when you when you look at that right, that side of it, you you name these players. You've got some serious names at the club. I think that is the downfall of it. Like Sancho, obviously. Back in his Dortmund days, big Sancho, big English player, City Academy, then United. Obviously, Maguire, we know how big of a person he is. Then Ronaldo, Anthony, 80 million. You're bringing in these big personalities and it just doesn't mesh. Like it, you've never, you no. never see a team that has these massive names that all mesh straight away. The last time I seen that was, was it 08 Barcelona? <laughs> like yeah. it's ridiculous it doesn't happen anymore because social media stuff like that it's massive and yeah it, it's kind of peak because if you look at united on paper massive team like they should be title contenders realistically or second mm. place contenders because you know who's gonna win the league but 
Can we start? <laughs> the Europa League. Well, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a weird one for United. It's the same thing the last few seasons. So I hope you don't yeah. fix it. But, you know. Uh, the thing is, though, all, all them players saying, though, it's always, it's always attackers, wide men, centre-backs. It's just never midfielders, mate. just need midfielders so, so yeah. desperately. De Jong would, like we've had, would have been perfect, wouldn't it? If that happened. Yeah, man, 100%. Like... The fact that even Amrabat, like, mate, in, I think in June, Amrabat was like, yeah, I'm going to go to United, stop going to training Fiorentina, all this. We didn't sign him until the last day of the transfer window. Like, what are you fucking doing? Get him in a club, get him training, get him around the lads. Like, that's that's where people who don't like United like to go, oh, United fans just like to complain about the board and the Glazers, blah, blah, blah. But when you actually look at it, it's, it's yeah. lots of these little stupid things constantly that lead to... Terrible on pitch performance, not gelling the team, and fucking injuries and wife beaters left, right, and centre. I don't know. It's just, it's not a good time to be a United fan, really. But I've dealt with the last 10 years. I can keep going, I'm sure. I'm sure this podcast all season is going to be really <laughs> fun for me. Right. We will move on from that sore subject for Ed. <laughs> um, the next one on my list is Spurs Sheffield. We all as a group predicted 4 now, and it was really not. <laughs> what we expected it to be. Yeah, man. It really wasn't. Um, kind of similar to the Villa Crystal Palace game. Two injury time winners, and the person who started it all, Richarlison. Oh, what yeah, a player! Yeah, <laughs> Weird. Mate, do you know what? Do you know what? Let me let me say about Richarlison as well, because it actually leads on well from Harry Maguire stuff. Everyone said that Harry Maguire is going to be used by oh, Richarlison's actually a player who's been abused by football fans let's have it right I mean yeah, it's all yeah. after some of the memes and that but he actually has been he's given pelters mate since he's been at Spurs he come out and goes obviously didn't have a great time in the national break goes I want to seek mental help like fair enough mate I'll take some fucking bollocks and then to go and get the golden assist mate like you kind of have to you kind of put a smile on your face mate you kind of go you know what fair play like that's not someone be- crying out for feel bad for me feel bad for me I'm not playing yeah. well that's admitting I'm struggling mentally, so I'm struggling on the pitch. And then to go and get that, that crucial goal and assist, mate, just kind of have to love it a little bit, really. No, we I've know. Always, yeah. No, go on, Spencer. No, I was just going to say, I've, I've always, I've, I've, I've always, I've, I've always liked McCarlish, and I've, I've always, always, always thought that he's a really good player in there. Ever since, even just like last season, but I, I commentated on his goal win in the World Cup for Brazil, his absolute worldie that he scored, and just, and just, there, there, there's, there's always been a player in there. He just needs, he just needs that run of form. He's, that was his first goal at home for Spurs, I think it was, at, at the weekend. So now, now, hopefully, now he's got that, and now, hopefully, he might know that he's got to be one of the main men now. Now, old Harry Kane's left. He's put in that performance. He's come out. He's admitted he needs the mental health support and hopefully getting those, getting that goal, getting that assist. That is going to bring out more of that player, more of that player who who we all saw during the World Cup, who was really good for Brazil for Brazil last winter. And hopefully that can bring out some more some some more of that because because he, he is he is he's really good on his day. And I do think he he does have the potential to be that one who can get. 15, 20 goals a season for Spurs, and and he he can go and have a good season. Now he's finally got started with that one. Yeah, well, I was just about to say. Um, obviously, we know Richarlison what he was like at Everton. Like he was a bagsman. He but he was second to Calvert Lewin, and then when Calvert Lewin gets injured, he steps up. And now at Spurs, Harry Kane's gone. He has to step up. Like he actually has to. 
And um, obviously, when you've got players like Madison, Son, Kulusevski around you to feed you balls, to get you goals, you should be getting them. And fair play to him. The header was good. It was a good header. Like, last-minute header. Mm. And he's not the biggest guy. He's quite, like, small built. He's not the tallest either. But he gets over these massive players, gets a header in, and obviously inspires the, the comeback, which is ridiculous in the 98th minute again. This extra time stuff is so mad to me. It reminds me just the World Cup, like when you used to see eleven minutes mm-hmm. extra time, and it's like, I don't know, it's something we've got to get used to now, I guess. Yeah, I think the the limbs for both of goals, to be fair, were incredible. But um, yeah, yeah, I think I mean Rodri spoke about it didn't he, in an interview a while ago, saying you don't think about the players really, um, the conditioning of the players, because the amount of minutes that they have to play, like two three games a week or whatever, and it's just on and on and on, and then players get injuries and it all stacks up. It's just, it's too much, really. Um, 90 minutes plus 11, was it, the winner? Yeah, that was the winner. That's mad, that is. That is mad. Um, yeah, yeah was a, they don't, they don't bother about it. The Villa game had a 101st minute as well. Yeah, That's exactly. Two games in one weekend with over a 100-minute goal. That's mad, isn't it? Too much. Too much. But yeah, not um, too much to say about that game, though, is there? Because I've got, yeah. got a few little cheeky nights for you, mate. I've got some toppers I can throw you away. Well, Sheffield, to be fair, showing a bit of fight. Obviously, did lose against a very good Spurs team. And, you know, maybe if they can pull a few of them performances against slightly t- teams slightly closer to them, could get some results. Uh, Basuma looking pretty good again as well. Don't know why Conte never played him. I don't know why Conte didn't fancy him. I think Basuma's really good. He was well good at Brighton as well. Surprising. I think to be fair, um, back then they had Benton Carr, didn't they, fit and playing well? I mean, he's yeah, not playing still, well now. Still, when they they weren't doing amazingly under Conte, you think they could you try and maybe switch something up and play? You could play Basuma next to Benzema really. But Hoiberg was a bit up and down, wasn't he? Um, Vicario, that Spurs goalkeeper, he made another couple decent. real good saves. He's decent, but the biggest thing I want to talk about, and it's just so fucking aggravating, how did they are not to give a penalty to Spurs for that tackle, Madison? I don't know if any of you saw. On that. Madison, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like clearly. Clearly wraps his leg around him and kicks him in the back of the heel, like inside the box. I, I thought that was a stone wall, mate. Mm. And I just don't, I just really don't get it. Like everyone has been cussing out VAR since he came in 100%. But this season, it seems worse than ever. Like, how's it getting worse? Every weekend, every game week, we've had at least one, if not two or three things, we've gone VAR's had a stinker. They're giving penalties or they're not giving penalties or they're giving red cards or they're taking red cards off after games. Like, Mate, the FA, the Ref Association, and VAR, like, how have we got like the best football league in the world? It's such poor officiating, man. I know it's a bit of a cliche thing to say, but it is ridiculous, mate. It's absolutely ridiculous how much money is in that league, how much money is across the English football pyramid, like at all levels as well, and how it's so consistently poor. Like big decisions, mate. Like obviously Spurs won't be that annoyed because they come back and they get the win. If they'd lost that game one 0 or even if they draw it one all, they'd be going. Yeah. Well, that fucking penalty we should have had before Sheffield even score, why, why weren't we given that? Because it looked stonewall, and even the commentators are like, oh, they're going to give that as a penalty, and they don't give it, and they're like, like, they've not given a penalty for that. Well, I think even after they win, they're still going to question it. Like, I'm surprised the, play, the players haven't come out about it, because obviously, we, we always say this, but if you're Jurgen Klopp in that situation, you are yapping oh, mate, on Jürgen could have won that game 4-0 and he'd still cry about not getting that penalty. Trust me. 
a hundred percent, mate. It is it is a terrible decision. It is so bad. It's it's probably it might be the worst I've seen this so far this season. Tied with mm. tied with that city not offside. Um, when Akanji jumps over the fucking ball, and that wasn't potentially that bad. You're over, you're that was quite bad. That, that it, he tries yeah. to kick it as well and just fucking just about misses it. And potentially Similar to last punching, season, though. punching a Wolves player and not getting not giving away a penalty like they are. There is some dodgy, weird, dodgy decisions weird, yeah. coming out in there. It's consistent, but it's consistently bad. Do you know what I mean? So <laughs> <laughs> it's what it is. I think the point is yeah, that I think the players know that when they call it out, nothing's gonna happen. Nothing's gonna really change, is it? Like, yeah, pretty much got to you a say point that. getting used to it. But... Mate, you say that we've had two apologies from the FA already this season. We've had a, we've had Liverpool their red card rescinded, and Wolves apologised for you for not getting a penalty. Like, they actually, they actually might as well cry because then the FA will come out like, oh, we've given an apology to him after the game, but it doesn't fucking matter anymore. Like, yeah, no, just make the right decision in the game. Don't don't come back and change it after the game, you clowns. Come on now. Come on now. Right. Actually as well. Well wait, as we talk about it, don't know okay. if any of you not be watching the rugby watching the rugby world cup. I've been watching a few of the games. Obviously Wales watched a couple of England and that. Like, mate, they use TMI in rugby. The rules in rugby are so fucking tight. And it's never it's never that bad. Like it's so easy for them to get the decisions right. You can hear what they're saying, you can hear what the, the TMI ref's saying and the on pitch ref. They make good decisions. You can't read. There's maybe one a game that's a little bit. If you're biased to one team, you might say it's gone the wrong way. But really, to the to the standard, uh, to someone like who's a not supporting either team, you go fair enough. Like how there's no money in rugby. There's so much money in the Premier League. Right? It just has to get better. It has to get better. Sorry, that's that's my bit. <laughs> right. I feel like it's a weekly complaint about VAR, so we will hear it next week. But moving on to the game where we're going to have the biggest, you know what I mean? D- different different talks about it. The Hammers versus the Mighty City. So, before we do anything, we'll do the predictions, what, what we said. Um, for the predictions, Ed said 2-1 to City. And not too bad. I said 3-0. And Vic said 2-0. Obviously, two City. Don't even. I don't think I need to say that. But um, <laughs> oh, it ended three-one. <laughs> um, I seen the first goal from West Ham, and I was like, it kind of. It's kind of shaping up to be like maybe a tough game. And then after that, it kind of sw- we switched on like that. And yeah, it was just like typical City at the end. But Doc is, Doc is quality. You know. That yeah, oh we've God, we've been gosh. missing that. We've been missing that for so long. Ever since Leroy Sane left. Obviously you lot say about Sterling, but when you watch Sterling week in, week out, he's not like that. He has one a good one or two good games a, a month or something, but that's it. Jeremy Doku looks like he could be the I'm new Leroy Sane. Like, he's yeah. so good. Takes players on, takes shots. And obviously we have Grealish, but Doku has the pace. When you when you have pace to take on players and just start in between players cut in shoot score in the Premier League on like one of your first starts like you're a serious player if you do that and also Julian Alvarez playing from the mid yeah from the midfield role as a natural born striker is ridiculous like he we've got some talent on our hands you know and obviously Phil Foden have the best game but can't have a good game every game 
And then Haaland, being who he is, he had to get one. He should have got a hat trick. Yeah, he always gets a goal. (laughs) He should have got a hat trick though. There was two chances where he just scuffed it, or like I think one of them he just missed it the ball and it went out for it. Yeah, I was like, not your Haaland big fifty goals, but yeah, should have got a hat trick. Got his one, which is fair enough. Uh, But yeah, um, I've got no complaints. Got nothing bad to say, but. I, I, actually, I guess I wish we kept a clean sheet. That's the only thing. But yeah, Spence, what do you think about the game? What was you expecting? Did you expect it? Um, I was. It, it was a funny one. It was a. It was a funny one. I had no idea what to expect because obviously, because obviously we came into it. We came into it in really good form. We came into it obviously, obviously still being unbeaten at, at the start of the season. And so and so I, I, I was. I was expecting. I was, I was expecting us to get beat, dude. Because obviously it's Man City. I think everyone expects to get beat against City these days. But you know what? Coming out of the game, I'm happier with it than I was with our win against Luton. I'm actually happier with it because 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 we because we held we held City for that for, we held City for that first half for that first half and our our goal was at, was actually quite, was actually quite a good goal Vladimir Sufal mm. on the counter that cross right onto the head of James Ward Prowse so James Ward Prowse getting yet another goal in I think it's like I think that's his third goal already for us this season and so he is. He has started really, really well. So I, so I was really happy with that first half performance. And it, I do, I do just think, if it, I do think if it wasn't for that goal right at the start of the second half, where where we just didn't wake up from the break, because I think it was like 42 seconds or something from the from the restart. If we if we if we'd have been able to hold on for the first five or ten minutes, I do think we might have got something out of it. And the game and the game just changed when Alvarez went off with his injury. Um, Alvarez has obviously had a lot of miles, a lot of game time during the, during the international break. He, he was he was playing for Mexico over in over in like the east coast of America. He only came back Wednesday night, Thursday morning, something like that. And then he's and then and then and then he he, he was still he was still having a decent game. And I think I think Man City's I think Man City's last two goals came after Alvarez went off. So that was that was that was the that was the big turning point. But also as well as that, I was happy that David Moyes actually in David Moyes' way he went for it. He he it was still it was still like one all when he when he made the subs and he actually went for it. I was I was expecting him to bring on like four nows and bring on Ings for Antonio and just sit there and go. You no, know it's one one. We're happy. We're gonna we're gonna we're we're just gonna settle for that. But he but he brought on Kudos. He brought on. He brought on Kudos, who went out out wide on the right. He put Bowen up front, up front in place of Antonio, which was, which is, I think, is going to be going to be Moyes' plan B for the season for the inevitable games when Antonio's out injured. So, so it was so it was it was refreshing to see him actually have a go. Him not actually shut up, stop, and go. No, I'm happy with this one-one. We're just going to try and hold on. And so, like I say, we we was expecting to lose. We was expecting to lose, but 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 we but we actually had a go and. I think, I think if it wasn't for Alvarez going off, we might have got something out, out of that game because Alvarez was having a decent game defensively. I defensively, I I thought, and and it wasn't like I say, it wasn't until then that the, the, that the game changed and Man City really took over. And all, and also, I do want to say as well, Alphonse Ariola, ten saves he made in that game. Like look. Ten, there was there, well. there, there was one moment there there was one moment in the first half where Man City had like four or five shots in like thirty seconds, and yeah, Ariola saved. And that yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, that was mental. Yeah, yeah, Ariola saved three of them. A couple of other players blocked 
blocked another couple ones. And that was one of the moments where you start thinking, oh, possibly, possibly. And, and so, so, I, so I do just want to give Ariola a bit of a shout out because he, even though he let in three, he did, he did still have a really good game as my microphone goes flying. But he, he did he, he did he, he, he did still have a really really good game. So you can't really blame him for for any of the goals really really I think. And so and so yeah so yeah I'm I'm happier with the performance and I'm happier with Moise's attitude with I'm more happier with that like I say than than with the one nil win against Luton where we was quite poor and what we was lucky to get to to, to to get that win against Luton and so and so we move on from that over to Liverpool next week and uh, well we've got we've We've got, got the Europa League in midweek, but but we move on to Liverpool as far as Premier League goes, and I think I think that could be a very fun game to watch if we play like how we did against City. That could be a really really fun game, fun game to watch at at, at the weekend. Yeah, I didn't um, just quickly. I didn't realise the stats. Uh, we had thirty shots. Thirty shots. Like we're you never normally, shots, yeah, yeah, we're never normally a team to do that. We're normally a team that like picks the perfect shot. I didn't realise it was thirty shots. So yeah, definitely shout out to Ariola. He did a he did a job. Uh, how but, was Kudos when he came off the bench? Because I haven't really managed to watch him yet. He didn't. He, he, he didn't. He, he, he didn't really have too much of a chance to to do much, unfortunately. Because like I say, that was after Al. Because because like because like the whole sub, whole subs came. David Moyes was going. David Moyes was was going was going to make a different change. He was going to leave Alvarez on, but Alvarez went down just as the subs were being made. And so Alvarez went off. And Alvarez went off as Kudos was coming on, and so, and so, like I say, that's when Man City took over. But Kudos, he had he had a couple he had, he had a couple of glimpses, but like I say, at, at that point, it was mostly all Man City. So I think so. So, but hopefully, we are going to see Kudos a bit more next week against Liverpool. But I do think at the moment, Kudos is going to be second choice because that seems to be where Moyes wants to play is, is on the right wing. And obviously at the moment, you can't really drop Bowen the form he's been in at, at the moment off that right wing. So, Yeah, I had um, for the two players I noticed, yeah, Ward-Prowse again, just so important for West Ham. I think he's going to be so crucial for this season. I'm hopefully getting my is. dream team as soon as possible when mm. I've actually got players that aren't just injured all the time. Um, Doku as well that goal yeah was naughty that little run was class yeah um, but I thought with Doku it's kind of weird he just doesn't seem like a Pep winger really I've seen a few yeah. people saying this as well because a Pep winger normally isn't somebody who takes people on like Grealish seems like more of a Pep winger because he's good at keeping the ball and recycling the ball and working it into areas being happy to just keep knocking it around until they get there whereas Doku was like no, fuck that. I'm going to run at four players, try and take a pass as many as I can and get a shot off. Um, but I think he could be really interesting, actually. And I think maybe it might be a might be a case of him and Haaland just being your, like, your main goal scorers and just feed the ball into them two. And everyone else can just do, like, the pep controlling play and just let them two fucking cause havoc on the back line. Uh, West Ham as well, I actually thought were pretty good. You know, considering how considering how good City are, to, you know, three one, like it's not a terrible scoreline. No, no, that's so mad to say. You know, that is so mad to say. Like, like how good we are, three one against us is a like a good scoreline. It's such a mad like saying. I don't know. It's so weird. Yeah, but it's as well. It was that your third goal comes from West Ham being pressed at the pitch. It wasn't like you didn't yeah. work that third goal that much. That was a counter attack because West Ham were trying to get an equaliser. So it's it's like when it's like when Arsenal beat us three one the other week 
at Emirates is the same thing. It's, there's two one up. It's late on and you're just putting everyone forward. So you get a third goal. It makes it look worse than the game actually was. But what I actually wanted to ask you about, Spencer, because I thought this is probably more interesting than the result or anything. What do you think of Paqueta going over to uh, Pep at the beginning of the game and giving him a hug and chatting away to him? Oh, I, I didn't thought, see that. Yeah, mate. I saw the, I saw the clip mm. and I went, ooh, mm. that's... Um, I, d- I don't... I, I, I don't... If I, 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 fan, I wouldn't be happy with that. Because <laughs> it's it's kind of him going, don't worry, I'll still be available in January. Like, yeah. see what I mean? That's what yeah. I thought. I, was like, I don't, yeah, I, I I don't know. All I all I can really judge him on is still his is still what he's done on the pitch since it's all come out, and he has still been really good. I think I think up until this weekend, he'd he, he'd actually surprisingly been the player that had won the ball back most in the league. So so yeah. he's still he so he's still putting in a hundred percent. He's still He's still putting in really good performances, and so and so so I can't I can't see I can't see him go I can't see him going in January because I'm not because I'm not, I'm not quite sure what, what the rules are with him because he's going to play in the Europa League. I'm not sure if he'll be if he'll be able to play in the Champions League or what if he if he does go to City. So I'm, I'm not sure if it's the same. I'm not sure. I'm not, I, I know, I, I know it can. used to be. It, yeah, I, I mean, think yeah, I know. Different but, competition technically. I think you can. Yeah, yeah, I think it used that. to be. Yeah, I think I think it used to be. If you played any kind of Europe, you can't play. You can't play in Champions League or whatever if you move. But that, but that, that might that might have changed in that might have changed in the last few years. I don't know. But I think I think I think it all sort of depends on that. I think it all sort of I think it all sort of depends. On that. And also it depends on depends on De Bruyne. I think if De Bruyne's close to being back by 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 January or. Or by that point, and also, and, and 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 also, also, if we do let him go, we're gonna we're, we're gonna be missing four or five players for Afcon during January. So, 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 so we're not gonna be wanting to let Paqueta go at that point. So, I think, I think we'll try and hold on to him until 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 end of the season, until end of the season, and then just see and then, and then see how much money we can we can get for him there because we've shown we've shown now that 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 we'll get we might get. 60 70 80 million for him and we've shown that we can reinvest that and we can we can reinvest that better than better we can reinvest that better than some other teams have done when they've got a bigger load of surprise money so 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 i'm not i'm not i'm not as worried if we do if we do lose him at the end of the season because we've we've brought in good players this summer and we've we're looking like we we can go without that one big star player now so so, so, so yes, yeah, so I can see him going in the summer, but I can't see him going in January. Yeah, on, yeah, I, just, on I just thought it was interesting. First, first thing in the game, just straight over yeah, to the position manager, hugging a chat away. <laughs> yeah, sting a little bit for me. Yeah, um, not I ideal. As well as the on City, um, it's a bit, bit mad how you can lose De Bruyne for however long and still be winning game just like that without your best player. Literally, like it's. Mad how good City are. Like they literally just score. It's not even like just relying on the defense. They're still scoring freely without him. And it's like it's like it doesn't even feel like they're missing De Bruyne really. Um, well, we're at, we're at the point now where obviously De Bruyne for the last few seasons has been one. He's been the best midfielder in the world. He's been a best City player. But it's Foden's time to step up. And obviously he didn't do it. He didn't do it last game. But Alvarez did. And we still had Bernardo behind, like he was in like the deeper role, but he was still creating. And we were actually missing three more players. 
it was Stones, uh, Kovacic, and maybe Grealish. I think I don't remember. Yeah, I don't. But yeah, I think. Yeah, so we had three more injuries and we were completely fine. Like we looked fine at all. So yeah, it's it's a weird one. Obviously, everyone looks at City and they say, "Oh, De Bruyne's gone. They're not going to score as much." But I feel like it only comes into play when you play like so many games a week. Like we're not at that point yet. So obviously, our group stage in Champions League, we won't need to play our best team every week. So we'll be all right. But when it gets further in the season. And then we see De Bruyne maybe not back from his injury. And then we're playing whoever in the EFL, then maybe United in the Carabao, um, United in the FA. Then we're playing like Sheffield in the Premier League. Then we'll see like what's, what's really going to test us. But yeah, for now, beginning of the season, we'll, we'll cruise. We'll get, I reckon maybe until we play Arsenal, I don't think we'll drop a point. Then that's the real test. Arsenal, yeah, but that, that's, that's, that's the only yeah. test. And then the thing obviously is, we play United. Yeah, you smash us to bits with fucking Poe. The thing, with, the thing with City that you have now, we talk about Alvarez and like Fodden that coming to the team is what it's what United had in like the nineties and noughties, mate. Is where you've got a team full of senior players who are used to winning things. So you can you can have like two youngsters in your team who aren't even necessarily I mean, uh, playing amazingly, yeah. but they've just got so many good players around them that they can at least kind of express themselves. I know it's a bit of a classic expressing themselves, but. You know, they don't have to worry about being the star man because they know there's so, there's so many good players around them that will just yeah. carry the team somewhere. And I think it just it just leads to a consistent success. And that's why you see teams, once you hit that level and you and you keep the quality coming in, you, that's why City nowadays don't need to spend the most each window. I know they spent quite a bit this year, haven't they, between Gavardio and, and Doku and that. But you never have to be the biggest spenders because you can just sign one or two players to just chuck yeah. in the team, not even necessarily starters, and just be like, sweet, there's just another good two good players. We're just even better now than we were last year. Everyone else can struggle, but let's move on. And should we do the funny game or should we do the kind of half surprise, not surprise game? I think we've got our goal to the funny game. And the funniest thing about <laughs> it, the, no, 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 the funniest thing about it, I've got written down here. Vic predicted nil-nil. <laughs> we, we, we took the piss out of him. We couldn't believe it. We were like, no, 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 nil-nil. What do you mean nil-nil? No way. I told you. <laughs> 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 to be fair, did we predict a Bournemouth win? I think yeah, we one of us. Yeah, we predicted one Jesus. The thing is, um, though, like, Bournemouth could have won on another day because they had some good, good Mate, chances. yeah, 100%, mate. They had three or four chances where you and Bournemouth have the same problem. No quality in front of goal. Like, that's yeah. mental. Bournemouth, whose yeah. like, stadium costs less than your team, have the same problem in front of goal that you have. And, like, Nicholas Jackson, I don't like... I've, I've been questioning kind of since he was on... I don't like to I don't like to cuss out young players too much, man. But fucking hell, lad. no, you've got to as a striker, that the stinker, that the stinker last week yeah. or the week before, whatever. Oh, and again this week, mate. Come on now. He just looks like he doesn't have a strong foot. Like every time he takes a shot on whichever foot, like last week was the right foot chance, right, and it just went wayward. Then this this week was the left foot chance, and it goes into Rosehead. And I'm like, how is that possible? If you're Chelsea Football Club striker you start in striker 
It's ridiculous. It is I mean, ridiculous. The worrying, the worrying thing is, right, I saw a tweet today from Fabrizio and it was saying, because we've got this transfer policy of signing like players under 25, so we're not really going to go out and sign that experienced, proven striker. And I don't really get it because you have to have a balance in your team of young players, but quality proven, you know, senior experienced players. But I mean, if we're going to go down this route of buying young, young players and just keeping hold of them and waiting for them, you're going to be waiting a good three, four years just for them to start 20, forming. 25 is so young as well. Oh, like no, a 27 yeah. year old striker. What's wrong with that, mate? You can still get at least yeah. three, if not four or five years out of a 27 year old striker. Yeah. Like, and then and then maybe Nikosak can learn from that striker and gets better. Um, did Mujic even play in that game? Still has yeah, a lot of goals and assists, does he? First start of the season. And to be fair, our first three attacks of the game came down the left side where he was getting it through with a lot of one-twos. And he should have had an assist with Gallagher where he came off his chest and he went wide. Um, so basically, mm. I'd say he, he should have had an assist and maybe another Yeah, goal. but... He wasn't bad. I swear, I swear with that one, he fucking drills it at Gallagher when he just doesn't need to. Yeah, I've seen that. Where he puts way too much behind it, and you're thinking, where's this come from, fella? He's done, he's like accidentally pressed LB and done a dribble. (laughs) Fucking FIFA, like, it's like, whoa, 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 big time. Calm down. Like, but I think, to be fair, like, that's a coaching thing where it'll come with time where, you know, he needs to learn how to. Pace his movements because he's so. Is it, we know his pace. Nah, his ability. That's, on the that's not a coach, just... mate. This is a this is no. a professional footballer, mate. He's been playing but, yeah. since he could walk. Like, I'm sorry, you should be able to. First if you're a professional footballer worth 100 million pound, you should be able to wait a fucking pass. Like, you should. Let's have it. Like, come on now. It's not his, I don't think it's his fault that it was 100 million pounds. I think that's just a hype in it. He yeah, that's not his that. fault. But but having an easy cross and fucking well over hitting it, that is his fault. Yeah, he should have played it on the floor, but it's one of those things. It's the first start of the season. All he needs now is consistent starts, but I just have a feeling that Posh will play chill out left wing again next game, and then that's it, Mudrick on the bench again. And... <laughs> well, I mean, Vic... you, look at, you look at Martinelli right at Arsenal, 21-22 um, season, where you know he was making his name, really, and he was starting game week, week in, week out, and Arteta obviously put his trust in him, but... I just can't see Poch doing that with Mudrick, Madueke. I mean, Madueke is out injured, but I mean, they're the wingers that you need starting week in, week out when we've got no Champions League football as well. But I just can't see it. I mean, how are you meant to gain rhythm and consistency when you're not playing week in, week out? Well, just quickly on the, um, you were saying about experience thing, I'm looking at the team that you started against Bournemouth. You've got two people that have won something. That's it. Yeah. Sterling and Thiago Silva. All the other players are youngsters. Like Conor Gallagher, Gusto, Modric, Jackson, Colwell, Sanchez, Ugo Chukwu. He was decent, to be fair. I decent. didn't know he even signed. Is, but and in that, in that scenario as well, Thiago Silva is a senior player and a leader, yeah, that 100%. He can fill that role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sterling's a senior player, but I don't view him as a leader particularly. I don't, no, I don't think no. he's as bad as Benji says he is. I think he's a good player, but he doesn't, he doesn't strike me as that player who's going to be like, Fucking come on, lads! Let's fucking get out. Do you know what I mean? Let's yeah. start making things happen. Like he doesn't, he doesn't strike me as a player like that at all. Um, yeah. And I've got to throw it out there because I just see people so much of football Twitter, so many football YouTube channels saying they're good. Potch as a manager, thank you for proving me right, Potch. You're not, a, <laughs> you're not actually a very good manager. Like did well with Southampton. Fair enough, you did well with Spurs. Since that Champions League final where he bottled it and and the team played terribly. His his career is just on downwards, constant. 
He's never proven to be a winner of anything. He's never proven to be a top coach. All he's ever proven is that he's a bottle job. And all the English press, a lot of pundits, a lot of extra United players wanted him to be the manager when Ten Hag came in. Yeah, loads of them did, mate. Loads of them were saying Poch uh, just because they know him, just because he'd be in the Premier whatever. And he's proven with a Chelsea team that's stacked with expensive players. Yeah. He must have had. I know. I know. The is, there's obviously well, a lot of chat about him not deciding transfers. He must have had at least some influence. Yeah, the there's no that way. Big, nothing, you've got to have yeah. a few players you've asked for, surely. Um, no, I don't want to like bring up excuses, but it's similar terrible. to United with the injuries. Where like we're missing 10, 11 players. Kaiser you have a squad of thirty-three. So what difference does that make? Yeah, <laughs> it's at it's the point where the, the team you've got here, even if you are missing ten players, it's still it's a good team. Yeah, Bournemouth, like, and also just quickly, um, I haven't watched the game, but is Cole Palmer came on. What did you think? Um, yeah, he had. There was a chance where it was like a three v two, and he overplayed the pass over to Sterling, and and he should have shot really. But all I'm saying. I said this about Sterling. I said this to Vic. I don't know if he said it on the podcast last season, but I said to Vic, Sterling is awful. When he signs for you, you're going to realise how bad he is, right? And he's done... He's had one... No, no, no. He's had one good game. He had a brace against Luton Town, and everyone was saying he's that guy. His free kick, to be fair, his free kick in that game was fucking well close. That was almost a guy. Oh, that didn't go in. that far off being oh. in, wasn't it? Yeah, that was super tight. I, I was and sure it was still, He's still the most dangerous player Chelsea have, even if you think he's bad. But, like, that's kind of a testament to how poor Literally. Chelsea are. Like, it's unbelievable, mate. Isn't it like six six wins in 2023 or something like that for Chelsea, mate? That, <laughs> like, seen... I'm a United fan <laughs> and I get to laugh at Chelsea. That's how bad they are. Like, that's mental. Yeah, I've seen them actually worse than us at the moment. <laughs> yeah, even, even we can laugh at them. My... Yeah, <laughs> yeah mate. basically everyone can. That is wild, mate. It is absolutely wild. I just and it's like I watched it and I was I was looking at highlights going Chelsea mm. had like six good chances, bottled all, all of them. Mm. Bournemouth probably had three or four good chances, bottled all of them. Like how are these two teams having the exact same problem of not being able to score a goal, mate? It's just absolutely wild to me. How have you spent a billion pound and can't score a goal? That's that is crazy. I'd love they always do it with so many teams where they do the comparison of like money spent per goal or money yeah. spent per appearance. I'd love to know the money spent per goal on that team because it must be fucking insane. It must be like 80 million per goal from your players. Like It's actually so nuts how little you score and how much you spend. Well, this season yeah. was supposed to be the season, isn't it? Because no Champions League. You can rely on the Premier League. Obviously, City have had to take changes. Arsenal are taking steps in the forward, but they probably just had a lucky season. You know, Chelsea should have been that team where, obviously, this season they're going to challenge for top three. It looks like the exact same as last season, a repeat of ninth, tenth place, and maybe quarter-final at FA Cup. But I'm not expecting anything from this Chelsea team this season. And it's kind of like... It's kind of weird because when you see uh, Enzo Fernandez, Caicedo, Mudrick, these like exciting players that you want to watch play football, and they're just not—they're not exciting. You watch it and you just think they're not doing anything positive here. Like they're doing stuff for their own showreels, especially Mudrick. When he sprints and then that's it, he just sprints with the ball and then like he, people think oh 100 million because he's fast. Nah, 
I think he he does need to learn the, the basics, which is a mad thing to say about a pro- professional footballer that's gone for 100 million. He needs to work on his basics. And that Jackson they as well. Even, they even signing players who are in good form. Like Enzo yeah. came in in amazing form. Caicedo coming in good form. And they, in, like Caicedo, what his first game subbed on, gives away a penalty. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's one of those. Yeah. I know, but at the same time, it's like. It's you, it's like your curse is every night, on, mate. Every player that comes in your club that or touches in, Chelsea yeah. just goes. They either get injured or their performance is just completely yeah. dropped off a cliff. Like it's actually nuts, man. Like it was kind of funny to joke about it, but it's almost get to the point now where it's, a, it's, it's actually it's, it's gone back to the point. Where you're like, <laughs> wait, what? They're still not clicking. It's still not happening. Like, come on now, it's nuts. I mean, the injury thing is pretty embarrassing as well because it's been going on for seasons now where we just stacking up so many injuries. Reece James, Madueke, Caicedo, Lavia. I mean, they're just four senior players alone that would be starting most games. But then, like, we just, it's just hard to gain any team cohesion without them because when you look at the players like Gallagher, not really like, uh, you know, team starting material. But then you're having to rely on players like those and it's just, it's just a mess right now. But I think we just need to wait for our players to come back. Yeah, but how, how I don't know how you get cohesion with so many players, mate. I said it all mm. of last year on a pod, and I say it again this year. With that many players, no one is going to get enough minutes. Like unless you're one of a couple of players that plays every game until you get injured, every, like it's just going to be a constant battle of switching in, switching out. Like, and I just everyone, like obviously you're at the highest level of football. Yeah, you want to play every game. When you're seeing someone play ahead of you, you're going to be sitting there going please get injured or please play shit so I can play next week like they actually are because they, there's so many players there's not really anyone or it's not even a core team you could say every week yeah that, then seven or eight players are going to start and there's yeah. three or four positions might be getting battled for like it's, it is a constant attack with players yeah you've seen up the Burnley up oh, the Burnley have you just seen it's 1-0 they've got yeah, a second I've just seen now. it now yeah up you the only just seen what that? did I say I told you this Mate, they're, they're, they're actually a little bit lucky, mate. Forest have had way more shots than them. Forest have had six, mate, and they've only had they've only had three. A bit lucky, mate. Up the Burnley. Right, that's a sore spot for Vic. It's a sport. It's a sore spot for Vic. So we will move on from that because I feel like we're a broken record uh, <laughs> every fun, week. It's fun though every week, isn't it? A little bit of fun yeah. every week. <laughs> uh, next one, a weird one. Um, we all predicted. High scoring game. I said 4 1 Arsenal. Ed said 4 0 Arsenal. Vic said 3 0 Arsenal. And the game ended 1 0 with a Trossard goal, which I found. I think Trossard is one of those players that goes so underrated because of the players like Saka, Martinelli, where you think these guys should be starting. And then realistically, Trossard's as good or even like better than Martinelli, I think. But. No. I want to say Wait, the best. It's a wild shout. Best thing about Trossard is they only signed Trossard because Mudrick, because Chelsea stole Mudrick. Yeah. <laughs> Trossard's yeah. ten times the player Mudrick has made. Chelsea would love to have <laughs> Trossard right now and actually scoring goals. It's mad, but yeah, it was a, it was a weird weird game. Um, I was expecting more because obviously we're thinking about Arsenal how they were last season and they've made massive like improvements on the team, but one nil to an Everton team that we were slating for the last few weeks. Is it's madness to me. It is madness. They've always found it hard at Goodison Park, though, to be fair, over the years. I mean, I remember that one mm. where Demario Gray scored that last-minute winner. Um, they've always been that close to fairs, really. 
to be fair, I did think I heard that in their last 10 trips to Liverpool, so Everton and Liverpool, they hadn't won a single game. Yeah. So it isn't bad. But Arsenal again, another tight win. Was that their third or fourth game? They've won by one goal. Because Forrest wasn't there in Palace. Now Everton, like obviously a win is a win. Three points is what matters. But just the goal's not the best. Um, and I'm now thinking that Everton are probably my favourites to go down with Luton and, and Sheffield United. Like, they've just been so poor. What yeah. do you think, Spencer? Not yeah, like. well... Yeah, well, I've been I've been sticking up for Everton, and I I've been saying I've been saying like I fancy them to stay up, but but I watched but I watched uh, I, I, I watched this game I watched I watched all of it, and Everton were just so bad. I think I, I, I think I think I saw I think I saw the stat after the game they had like an xG of like 0.2 or or something or something like that, something terrible, and they nice. they didn't have any they didn't have any sorts, they didn't have any attacks, they was. But um, I, I, I'd watched I'd, I'd watched that game and, I, and I'd watched the, the game before it. I finished nil nil, and I, I, I remember saying to my wife, "This could be this could be one of the worst Sundays of football ever." They're both going to finish nil nil, but <laughs> it was just yeah, it was it, it was just it was just awful. And, and just like I say, I, I've been sticking up for Everton, saying I thank them to stay up. But after this performance, I know, I know it's against Arsenal when our Arsenal are good, but but you, you would at least you would at least expect expect them to to at least like try and have a go or. Or, or or whatever, and and you you'd expect their fans to be quite happy. We're obviously obviously the takeover news during the week, and mm. and whatever you 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 expect their fans to to be more up for it. But 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 I think I see see someone say on Twitter. I think it might be one of the players say that that is one of the quietest grounds they've ever played in. And it, and that that just shows you the mess that that club is in. That it, even a takeover can't can't get the fans happy. Even and just and just there was just no desire. There was just no no purpose to, to, to that team. Like I've been I've been quite excited to see to, to see how Beto does, but but Beto was just just quiet. He was just he was not in that game at, at all. And there was no service to him. Then it, it, it was like it, it, it was like they decided before the game. I oh, and I'm we've decided we're we're gonna lose. We're gonna we'll so we'll just turn up, run for ninety minutes, and just see what happens. But and so and so it was so it, it was it was worrying and and so but but Arsenal but Arsenal wasn't Arsenal wasn't brilliant either but but they, they got that one nil win that that teams who are going to challenge for the title those are the games where you where you need to get the win one nil where you're not brilliant where you're not great but you're still just grinding out still just grinding out that victory and that's something that maybe Arsenal didn't do towards the end of last season so. So that is so. So it's, it's it's like you say, a win is a win is a win. They've, they 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 can go away from there now. First win, first win. Or like you say, in Liverpool for God knows how long. So so it, it's a win. It was a decent it was a decent performance. And so yeah, buddy, three points keep keep them going for the year. And so they just move on and just sit sit see if they can do better next week in the league and in and in Europe, obviously. I mean, to fair though, we've. Everton, like I was watching them pump it up up to better, but he was quite isolated, wasn't he? I mean, I was thinking maybe just change up a bit and go with him and Carl Lewin up top, just for a bit, just to see how it goes. Mm. But it was just Salib when you got Salibur and Gabriel. I mean, it's going to be easy for them really, just to handle better. Um, think... Yeah, I mean, other than that, there was no, there was no like outlet, there was no 
Root Mate, Sean, Sean Dyche changed to a 4-5-1, didn't he? Put five in the middle to try and get a bit more control in that game. I think he was thinking at least get some more bodies in the middle there and hopefully we could do something with the ball, but they didn't, mate. Anytime they get the ball there, it's just knock it along and hope for the best. And, mate, I just don't see it. Never. And I actually like Sean Dyche at Burnley. I always kind of hated playing against him, but always respected him at the same time. Um, but, yeah, man. I just think I could see him going down. It's not it's not good stuff at all. No, I'm not gonna lie, I yeah, I'm to, to, got yeah, I'm starting to worry yeah, I'm starting to worry about, about Everton now. Yeah. Yeah, they are they are concerning me. Um, should we move on to Newcastle Brentford? I'm a little bit worried this this one might cut out because it actually has a time on it, but hopefully it will just keep running. Uh, yeah. Newcastle will... Brentford is the last game. Bit of a boring, Newcastle one the penalty as well, I actually don't know if he really deserved it because Anthony Gordon's coming across. The ball is basically across the line to go out. The keeper's come out and Anthony Gordon has gone completely sideways by the, by the time the contact's hit him, like with the goal behind him that way. And I just thought he, he's clearly run into that with a full intention of going down. He has no control of the ball. And even if even if he was somehow going to get a touch to it, like it wouldn't have been. I don't think it was. Yeah, didn't have any control over it. I didn't see him managing to whip it back across or anything. So I felt a, a, it was a bit harsh of penalty because I have seen them not given when the player has almost no chance of getting on the ball. Do you know what I mean? Even even though it was a foul of a tackle, Gordon wasn't doing anything with that ball, for me at least. Yeah, I mean. Besides that point, um, the Newcastle team, weird, weird team selection, I think. Um, no Tonali, no Isak. I find Wait, that kind of weird. Seen, I haven't seen Willock in age. Is he out injured or something? Yeah, I think he's out injured. Or you see the team and you think, are they like going easy on Brentford because of the Champions League, maybe? Maybe they were yeah, arrested for the Champions it, League. Uh, but yeah, then what it is. They're, Brentford they're, they're, they're aren't the team. No, no, Brentford aren't the teams go easy against. And also, Newcastle are playing in the early game in the Champions League tomorrow. They're playing at like quarter to six or whatever. So I'm guessing. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, so I'm guessing. Yes, I'm guessing that's what his thought process was. Was was if 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 you only get a point out of that one, that's not a terrible result. Not a terrible result. So I suppose that's what his thinking was for that one. And and just to come out of it with 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 the win with with, a, with again not a brilliant performance is again that kind of result that that you want to get. Hey, I was surprised to see that's actually Newcastle's first win since the opening day. They lost three games in the bounce since then. I think they lost what against you boys, wasn't it? Against Liverpool, against City. Can't think who the other team. Uh, Brighton wasn't no, it? I can't think. Of it. Brighton, yeah, Evan, Evan, Evan Ferguson hat trick. Yes, yes, it was. Yeah, it was only last. That was only game we fought. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And obviously, Newcastle had a lot of praise. Like, fair enough. They have they have been a massively improved team, especially ever since takeover. Since money comes in, Eddie Howe doing well, but actually not doing amazingly in league. Obviously, they have lost to three very good teams. But and yeah, a little bit lucky against Brentford today. Oh, not today on on uh, Saturday. It's going to be interesting to see how the Champions League. Obviously, me, Vic and Spencer had our live reaction to that Champions League group and we're all blown away. But, I mean, I think at least me and Spencer were saying we thought they could get out of the group. It was definitely someone else agreeing with me that I thought they could get out of the group. 
but they haven't actually been playing as good as they were last year. I'm not sure who that opening game is. I definitely want to watch it's it. Milan. Yes, Milan. The, I'd say that it's might the be one, the yeah. one. I think I think AC Milan just got battered five one by Inter as well. Yeah. Um. So they'll be low on confidence. Um. Maybe Newcastle can get something, but yeah, not up not up to their great standards. And I've got to say. Don't know if you boys saw it, but that that chance in the back post for Gimenez, mate, that header, that was shocking. Yeah, that so on, yeah. much time and space. Yeah, how's Gimenez is a very very good player, mate. I thought this is a this even he probably could have taken a touch really. Like there was just so much space there, but not a great game. Not not a good great for either team really. Don't yeah, I, I was either. I was surprised by Brentford because obviously we saw that. Um, Newcastle were taking a bit easy, benching some of the better players, but they still couldn't really get anywhere with it. Um, I mean, we, I was expecting this from Brentford anyway, because obviously Tony's back in training now. Tony's back in training. January's coming back. I'm excited for that. But until then, like we said a few weeks ago, they've just got to tough it out. They've got to just try and get mid-table. They can do that. Tony comes back, maybe push them up to the conference, maybe Europa, but... Yeah, it is what it is with Brentford. I wasn't expecting Brentford to win at all. Um, I'll actually get the predictions up here. Let's see. Predictions. We had 2-0 Newcastle from me and Vic. And Ed said 2-1 Newcastle. So we both we all weren't expecting One, one goal crazy. deficit. Yeah, not crazy. but one, um, one goal deficit. <laughs> Ed will take the crown on that one. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> Right, um, we're gonna wrap that but up. Yeah, there, I think. sorry, I yeah. do want to say I do think Tony did. Um, if they had, if they had Tony, then because there was a couple chances, not great chances, but Brentford were lacking a little bit of that kind of edge, weren't they? Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, we'll wrap up the reactions for this game week now, and uh, we can quick run through the predictions for next week. And I actually don't know what the games are. There we go. I've got them up now. So we'll run through them quick. And then we'll see what we are up to. So predictions. First game. The boys. City versus Forest at the Etihad. I'm saying 6-0. <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing. Forest I just, love, I just have the confidence of it. Um... <laughs> Nah, they won't score Four. at the Etihad, I promise nah, you. Nah, three, three nil. Three nil, I don't, I don't know. I don't think you're battering that much. Really? That, that's yeah, I just, I just, yeah, but, the, yeah, but, like, you have been dominating teams, but, I don't know, three or four is actually kind of your standard, and I feel like City, even though this just sounds so, like, terrible for everyone else, but I feel like once you get, once you get three goals, you know, you're going to win, just completely take your foot off the pedal and just start knocking <laughs> it around and not really. Do you know what I mean you, once City are free, once you've had three goals and the other team's either got nothing or one goal, you're just like, yeah, cheers, and just start kicking it around. Like you have a few chances here and there, but you, you don't even really see the try for that. So yeah, three 0 I think, and just the end of the game would just be so boring. Right, go on then, Vic. What are you saying for this one? I'm just say four 0 I mean, it, it wouldn't surprise me if they score five six. Yeah, I'm gonna go for four 0 I think it'll be, you know, one of those afternoons again, comfortable, easy, rest well, and, uh, yeah. and I'm looking four. forward to it. Captain Harland, my triple captain. You never know. I think we're gonna go for that. 
the Spencer, next game. No, well, Spencer's not got his uh, prediction. Yeah, yeah, he said 3-1. Yeah, 3-1. Oh, he said he thinks, thinks yeah, Forrest yeah. is going to score at the Etihad. I don't, don't know, man. I think that's a crazy shout. That's confident. That is... We'll see. If you don't we'll score see. right now against Burnley, then yeah, that's a pretty bold one at home. Burnley are the best team in the league. Right, next one is Palace Fulham. Um, it's got to be like 3-1, maybe. I think, obviously, Fulham are away, but we know how Palace can be. Obviously, this Edouard stepping up, I reckon 3-1 is probably the best shout for that. Because they might get like a jammy goal or something. I, I got 2-0 Palace. Yeah, I can see that happening, to be fair, as well. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I'm going for in all 2-0. I'm going to go for 0-0, you know. I can see it. I can see it. You might want Nick knows he's going to run a 0-0. I know, he got 1-0-0. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go for 0-0. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, we'll move on to the um, United one, then. Burnley United. Oh, Burnley. Up the Burnley. 2-0 Burnley. Oh. That thing thing is, I'd be so annoyed if they win just because you'll be so happy. But I, <laughs> I, I think United should be next. I think Amrabat is meant to be back. I think Mount is meant to be back. And I think Baran's meant to be back. And I think if you add them three into United's team, we're not, we won't be bad. Oh, oh yes, Forrest. 1-0. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Come on, the Forrest. Oh. <laughs> I think my prediction for Forrest as well was 2-1. So if that fucking comes in, <laughs> oh, boy. Um, Nah, I reckon United just got back and I'll just say 2-1 United. Probably concede first, though. That is that is not as bad as Vic's 0-0, uh, nil, nil, but okay, fair enough. Uh, Vic, what are you saying for that? Burnley at United. home. I'm gonna go, I think with the season that United are so far, they have to react at some point, don't they? I think you know yeah. it, there comes a point where you just have to get a win when you get so embarrassing. So I think, when, like you said, M Robots um, should be back. So yeah, I think United will just come come up good and get the win. Um, yeah, I just thought, I just don't see it in Burnley the way you do, Benji. Like, I only see because of company. No, it's not he, even that. He man. thinks prime company is playing for Burnley. Like, <laughs> it just isn't that. It just isn't that. It's just it, I I believe in them, man. They're a good team. I can see them doing big things, especially he, against this shit club. I know it's just because you like company. If they had any of the manager, any of the like Sam Allardyce, let's say, you'd just be saying it'd be, they'd be losing 4 5 nil. Yeah, but company is managing them. So they're going to beat United <laughs> and they're going to beat Chelsea. <laughs> it's not really a challenge at this point in time, though, is it? Gordon Spencer, what do you reckon? 2 uh, 0 two, two, two two Man U, I think. Like, like oh, you say, you might make. Like you say, Man U should, should have should have some of their bigger players back back by then. But Burnley, I worry about again against, against like the bigger teams. I do I do think companies still gonna try and play his nice pretty football, and and they'll just and they'll just get picked off a couple times. The thing is, I think that plays into United's hands though, because actually I think they'll try and play that, and you know be like, yeah, fine, you can have the ball yeah. and just knock a long ball to Rashford, mate, like or Hoyland, because Hoyland's yeah. fucking rapid as well, mate. Um. So what other games have got here? Luton Wolves. Yeah. Snooze fest. 1-0 Wolves. <laughs> I'm going to say 0-0. Um, both teams are just not really that inspiring. And I don't know. I just don't expect anything from either of them. So I'm going to say 0-0 for that one. 
you say yeah, about Spencer? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go big. I'm gonna say Luton one nil. I think I think if, I think if there's any team Luton are gonna be, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's Wolves. So <laughs> one one nil Luton, Ross off off Ross Barkley's knee in the hundred and second minute. <laughs> 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 I do Vic. hear that though. That's what I'm going for. <laughs> Go on then, Vic. What um, do you reckon? I'm gonna. I can't. I'm edging towards a one 0 Wolves win just because Wolves have a bit of quality in their attack. Pedro Neto. Um. Yeah, I'll just score one 0 Wolves. But if any, it won't surprise me if they see a nil nil because it's gonna be such yeah. a snooze fest. Um. Yeah. yeah. I'm definitely not watching that game. That's... Is it a three o'clock <laughs> on TV? Uh, it's oh, it's a three o'clocker anyway, yeah. Uh, and Brentford Everton, surely Brentford be Everton. Well, what was yours for that, Ed? What was your prediction for the oh, Wolves? I said one nil. I said one nil for uh, one nil Wolves as well. Oh, is that okay? Cool. I came straight in with that one, yeah, because it's just I said this should be boring, mate. It's almost guaranteed to be so low scoring. <laughs> yeah, I bet if you go on Paddy Power, it'd be like twenty to one to be more than two and a <laughs> half goals. Yeah, probably. Like, it would just be mental, yeah. <laughs> Uh, next one is Brentford Everton at the Brentford Stadium. Um, two one, two one Brentford. They need to get a goal. They need to get a win back after the last game. So I reckon they'll get that against Everton. The dying Everton. So two one, I reckon. Two 0 Brentford. Everton are just terrible, mate. They're so bad. Yeah. To be fair, they are at home as well. So two two nil. Well, probably wouldn't even surprise me. Uh, yeah. That's, uh, yeah, I think I'll go. I think I'll go. Two, yeah, two, yeah, two nil Brentford. I think. Really, the only, really the only thing that makes anything. me you think it might not be is Brentford have drawn a lot of games. I think they're like one win, three draws, one loss so far. So yeah. you know they they could have a they could have a bit of a stinker and maybe have a one or a nil nil. But surely Brentford be Everton, mate. Surely Everton. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. This is a weird season. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. go two nil. I'm going to go to, I think, and um, Burma, Weezer, one of them will score. Um, yeah, Everton just, I mean, I'll be surprised if they have a shot, really, a shot or two, um, with how negative they are. So, they yeah, I'll score 2 0 Brentford. All right, next Ooh. one is Big Chelsea game. Villa. Oh, nah, I'll, I'll just say, I'm two o'clock kickoff, mate, the fucking North London derby, mate, Arsenal Tottenham. Mm. Two good teams as well. well this. Four two o'clock kickoffs on Sunday. I don't get that. I don't get that at all. It's weird. There's, there's two of them out on TV. And is it your work? That's so weird. But yeah, there's four two o'clock kickoffs on a Sunday. But yeah, we'll start. We'll start off with Chelsea Villa. It's the one I've got on the list here. Uh, I'm going two nil Villa at Stamford Bridge. <laughs> I'm going two yeah, nil mate. Villa. I might. I might agree with you. Two um, two one Villa maybe. Two one, <laughs> honestly, because so I'm not seeing anything. Of. Chelsea. I'm, go on, I'm gonna go. I mean, I want to say one two nil Chelsea, but I know that's not gonna happen really. I mean, last time we played Villa at home, we lost two 0 last season under Potter. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, you know what's gonna happen? <laughs> Begin will score some worldy again, and Diaby will probably get header on or something, make it two nil. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go. Most likely outcome is, I'd say a one nil Villa win, one two nil Villa win. So I'll go one nil. Oh, that is outrageous. I said six nil. Oh, it's definitely not going to wow. be six nil, but 
you're not even backing your Got to back your team. team. I mean, you said, I'm the sure. same against, you said the same against Bournemouth, but then I was like, nah, it'll be nil-nil, and it was nil-nil, so... <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure when Spencer was doing predictions, he said, like, 2-1 to West Ham against us, and I was like, fair enough, you're backing your team. <laughs> you got to, you got to. Yeah, it's always win or draw. <laughs> yeah, but I, I got to be honest and give the most likely outcome that I can see happening, so... As much as I'd love a Chelsea win at home against Villa, <laughs> actually get going, it's not going to happen, is it really? Let's be honest. Do you know how bad that sounds? I know. As it's... much as I'd love a Villa it win shows at how home. Far falling, isn't it? it shows how far we've fallen. It's pretty embarrassing. Well, Spencer, give us your prediction because honestly, I just can't laugh at Chelsea this much. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to surprise you. Villa, Villa are playing in Europe, I think. Chelsea got the week off, so I'm, I'm going to go one 0 Chelsea. I think I think it will. You don't I think sound it will. like a Chelsea fan. Villa, Villa aren't used to being in Europe. Villa aren't used to being in Europe. You've got a week off to work and train on things. Yeah, from next week as well. Yeah. We have said that from next week we're going to start doing a bit of a points tally as well with our predictions. So I think Spencer's playing a tactical game here because we've all <laughs> said Villa to win. So as yeah. long as Chelsea get something, he might get he might get some points ahead of us. That's what um, I'm hoping. Kind then North London Derby because this is the interesting one for me as well. If it was at Tottenham, I'd actually say Tottenham, but it is at the Emirates, mate. Um, so I'm going to go two-two. Okay. Yeah, I don't think Arsenal are going to win this. Um, I'm going to say two-one Spurs, just because they're looking unreal right now. But yeah, that's that's my probably prediction, just because obviously. They were away from home. Arsenal aren't even looking that good after 1-0 against Everton. And Spurs, they're a type of team that gets points over these games. Like, they beat us all the time. It's weird. So, they get, Wait, they get the points. Emirates, or... Yeah, at the Emirates. the Emirates. Yeah. Arsenal normally win against Spurs at the Emirates. They normally do just... Mm. It is normally the home team, I think, that wins North London Derby. Yeah. On, you two, give us your predictions. I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna go, I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go two, 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 one, two, one Arsenal. Unfortunately, I do, I do, I do, just, I do, just, I do just think this is the game where, where Ansball might just get caught out a little bit. It might just get caught out. There might be a little bit too gung ho about it, and our Arsenal, Arsenal might just be able to, to, to pick them off and play a few ball, play a few balls around the box and get, and, and, and get a couple of goals that way. Go on, Vic. Yeah. We've, we've literally covered every result here. Benji saying Tottenham win. I've said draw. Spencer said Arsenal win. So yours is the deciding favourite result. I'm going to go two and Arsenal. I can see oh. I can yeah. see Spurs getting like, quite exposed defensively a bit. I mean, can't forget Romero and how rash he can be in these big games, especially. Um, yeah, I can see, I can sort of see Romero red card, you know. I can see. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that's always a possibility, in, you know, with him. In these games, yeah, like, true. I can see it, um, and I just think Arsenal after their win against United. I mean, that was a big one, and I think this will be another one. You know, big game at home, atmosphere will be, you know, brilliant again. Yeah, but Arsenal, um, Arsenal struggled against United, mate. Arsenal struggled against United. And I think if Garnacho gets that goal and it isn't ruled yeah. offside, I think I, I think United are going to win that United game. And we're been, not yeah. playing well at all, and Tottenham are playing well. I, I think it'd be a hard game for Arsenal. But right, that's all of them in Brighton, Bournemouth. And then I've got us 4 0 Brighton, probably. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say 3 0, I think. Just because 
Not just because, just I think Brighton, I don't really see them scoring more than three a lot. Like obviously they, they won four, they scored four against Newcastle and they scored three against you guys. But I don't know, I don't think they can do that consistently. But because it is Brighton, I mean, because it is Brentford, I will say three, uh, Bournemouth, sorry. I will say three now. What are you saying four then, Ed? Yeah, four now, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, two, two nil, two nil, I reckon. I'm gonna go. Like. I'm gonna go four 0 I could see another. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, see. imagine he's the next Harland. He's the Irish Harland. Yeah, I can see. I can see it high scoring. Um, I'd be surprised if it's like a one-two 0 really. Yeah. I, mean, I know Brighton. I know Brighton. Rot- I mean, the thing is, even if Brighton rotate like five six players out, it, it does still really beat make a Bournemouth. Does it? Yeah. yeah. I can still see it like a three nil minimum, so I'm gonna go four nil. Yeah, just can we just pause a second? You, you're saying four nil. Um thirteen you predicted Chelsea joined nil nil nil. I can't wait Brighton for Brighton Chelsea team, man. man. <laughs> right, oh, the next one Spencer. Yeah, Liverpool West Ham. I'm saying one nil West Ham. Mm-hmm. I I, okay. I don't know, I feel I feel a little rogue one. Rogue shout, I haven't had a rogue shout yet, but I'm saying rogue shout 1 0 West Ham. I can see it. My up oh, the irons. This is, this, is, this is the one that a lot of West Ham fans are looking forward to more than obviously the Man City game. This is the one I've seen a lot of West Ham fans going. The Man City game doesn't really matter, but Liverpool might just show just how good we are right now. So I I don't know. It's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be high it's gonna be high scoring. It's gonna be high scoring. I I'm gonna go I'm I'm gonna go for a two all. If we go for a two all, I can I can see us I can see us going 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 maybe one one nil two nil up early on and then and then Liverpool getting back in it late on when 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 some of, when when we have to make subs in the second half I can so 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 yeah yeah that's what I think I'm going to go for two 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 two, two, two but Bowen Bowen getting one at least and I'm not quite sure who's going to get the other one but uh, but I do I do quite fancy a, a two all and I'll be quite happy with that as long as long as we don't lose I'll be happy. That is how you back your team. That is how you back your team. <laughs> right, go on then, <laughs> Ed. What are you saying for that? Sorry, Spence. It's got to be two one Liverpool. I think you'll get a goal. Warplows will do something from a set piece or do you yeah. know what I mean? Now, you'll get a <laughs> yeah, goal. Yeah, yeah. Actually, if you get a but set I just, piece. It's just Liverpool and Anfield, mate. They're just a different animal there. Yeah, they yeah. Are. Seriously good. Like, in fact, if we were saying about Everton earlier, like how much they're struggling even at home now. Like, Everton used to be a bit like that. When you played them in Liverpool, like, the scouts just go fucking wild, didn't they? And I just think Anfield's like that. I mean, Liverpool, good enough team. Like, to be honest, I'm saying 2 1 because Spencer's here. If he wasn't here, I might say 3 or 4 1. <laughs> If I'm if I'm honest, I apologise, Spencer. I'm sorry, but it just is what it is. Go on then, Vic. Last prediction for this Liverpool game. What do you reckon? I'm gonna go one-one. I can see a bit of a Moyes' masterclass. I can see it. <laughs> Alvarez watch fast in middle, and Emerson will have a job up against Salah um, to keep him quiet. But I mean, the threat that West Ham have and they can't attack and Liverpool's, you know, defensive vulnerability. And I can see it. I can see a 1-1, miserable 1-1 for Liverpool. Um, yeah, I mean, it wouldn't really... Yeah, I, can, I just think West Ham have that quality now in attack. I mean, even you can bring mm. kudos off the bench. You've got Bowen starting, you've got Ben Rama, and probably missing another left-sided player. Um, yeah, you, I mean, and you've got Corny as well. Is he gone? Uh, yeah, we yeah we still got him. We never, we never use him, but... Yeah, 
But yeah, but he's still he's still hanging about putting putting putting, putting out the old traffic cones for training and whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um... The thing is, if 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 you can get a foothold, if West Ham get a foothold in that game and put Liverpool under a bit of pressure, they can definitely get a goal because Liverpool, like we've all been saying, Liverpool's defence is shaky. But yeah. I just I never put one past Liverpool to score at least two, three goals in a game. Like yeah, it wouldn't surprise me, like you said, Spencer, if you get an early goal, an early lead, that nice. I mean, I've had loads of cats in this podcast before. Only pulled <laughs> up as last week as well. Um, Burnley two one, seventy sixth minute. Oh, Ben's gonna be happy with that. Come on, the boys! Lucky bastard. Come on, the boys! <laughs> um, you don't know. You don't know the the, the tech that yeah. Burnley has. Best only Forest coming now. Last game. Forest. Nah. Last game. Uh, <laughs> the next game week is Sheffield United Newcastle. I'm saying 1-0 Newcastle. Not a massive game. Coming back from Milan, I'm not expecting anything, but it is still Sheffield United, so just 1-0 to them. 2-0 Newcastle. Yeah. I think it is just the main thing of coming back from Champions League. They might be a bit shook. So I'm just going to... I'm not going to say a blowout, but yeah. 1-0, 2-0. Yeah, but if they lose if they lose to AC Milan first game in Champions League in a while, then they'll want to fucking come out and do some damage, won't they, to prove they're still a decent yeah. team. And Sheffield United yeah. start great. Well, then Spencer, what do you reckon for that one? Oh, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna actually go Newcastle three uh, nil. I, I can't, I can't, I can't see them getting a win to, tomorrow night. So I do think they're gonna want to show that, that that they are still decent. And I think, I think, I think, I think Eddie Howe's gonna be rocked because they haven't had a good start to the season. So this is just a one game where they can still show that that they can still like batter teams. And so. So I think yeah, so I'm gonna say I'm gonna say three nil. At least at least at least that's what I'm hoping because because I've got I've got I've got both their strikers in my fantasy team. Neither of them have done much this season <laughs> so far. So we've got go on, a one nil, a two nil, and a three nil. Vic, what are you saying? I'm gonna go two nil. I'm gonna go two nil. Oh. I was gonna say five nil. V A. Don't know how the fuck you doing. Oh, one nah. back to one nil in a Burnley game. Yeah, goal disallowed. Oh, mate. Oh. Get a company complaining yeah. at the end. The company's <laughs> going to be complaining. He'll get, he'll get an apology. He's a new club, is he? <laughs> right, that is the Game Week 6 reactions done. We will come back to them after the games and we'll still see the mighty sitter, number one. But that is it for this uh, week of well, car pitches. We're doing, transfer, we're doing our transfer categories or what? We'll do a little we'll, special extra pod. Oh, we'll do a okay. little, little side pod, yeah. So for this episode, for this episode, we're done. But we are going to go on and record another one, a little short segmented one. Might have a few clips on the Instagram, power pitches on Instagram. I will put it in the description this time. I did forget last time. Also thinking about starting up a TikTok. If you guys want to follow that, it will be power pitches. And just make sure to follow us on all our podcast platforms, Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and we're now on BBC Sounds. So, Ooh. set it up. But yeah, potentially, um, potentially website in the future, maybe some yeah. stuff as well. I'm feeling so. It. Hopefully, everything goes well next week. But that is it for game week five, and we will be back with a little mini pod halfway through the week with transfer reactions. So that's it for this week. Thank you everyone for listening. <laughs>